You're listening in the heated agreement on Dash Sports, presented by LaTerrain.com. Go over to LaTerrain using the special code DASH, D-A-S-H, for 10% off on all their formal and casual watches. You can go check it out at Law-Terrain.com. They've got everything you need. They've got stainless. They've got leather. They've got formal. They've got casual. Go check it out. Use the discount code DASH. And with that, take it away, boys. Because I have an opinion and I said it. Alrighty, guys, welcome on back in the heated agreement. We've got a special guest with us from the All Hogs Sports Podcast. We have Mr. Sam Stimson joining us on today. We're going to cover everything there is in the Southwest Classic Rover we got going on this weekend between the Razorbacks and the Aggies. Sam, you want to tell everybody kind of about yourself? We, we talked a little bit off air, but just kind of a little bit of background of your pod and, and where we can find you at. Yeah, so I'm a big Razorback fan. I was kind of born into it. And um, I, used, I used to have an NFL podcast, and it kind of got kind of busy trying to catch up with all 32 teams. So I started a Razorback podcast. Um, you can catch me at All Hog Sports on anywhere you get your podcast. And then um, All Hog Sports Pod on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. And I'm, I'm a big Razorback fan, but I, you know, I, I try to talk about the, the, the other side of the team, you know, when I preview when I previewed, um, you know, Arkansas, Texas A&M, I went into Kellen Mond and Spiller and all those guys. I, you know, I try to bring it towards both sides. Alrighty. Well, with that, we'll just go ahead and dive on into it. I've got a couple questions off the top of my head. Number one, if I, I'm not expecting y'all to, cause y'all are playing a lot better ball than you were last year. But if y'all won one more game this season, would you be satisfied if you would have told yourself that, at about three months ago that y'all would have won what we are two and two if y'all would have won three games out of ten in this that sec schedule would you be oh, satisfied yeah. i i would be i'm honestly satisfied now with two my original prediction on the season i had them going two and eight and then i said we'd win two out of the mississippi state mississippi and then mizzou game and then right. we've played two of those opponents and we beat both of them so i i feel pretty confident on that now, I know we technically should have three, but I, I try to move on from that. Yeah, that was going to be my question was going to be related to that. I, I didn't want to, like, reopen wounds, but I just had a question no, about it was, your, it was, it was your actually, immediate reaction when it happened. So my immediate reaction whenever that happened, um, it's actually interesting because I, I had a tweet blow up on Twitter. <laughs> it was a picture of, like, nine NFL referees. I, I was pretty upset in the moment. So I just Googled referees, and it was like, breaking news, Auburn releases new alternative uniforms. He got like 2.2K likes. Oh, it's like retweeted by the, um, like the, um, the Barstool, Arkansas. I, it just went everywhere, and like my, my, listener, my listeners, followers, and everything just like took off. I put it on Instagram. It went off. So in the moment, I was, I was pretty mad at the call, you know, because we definitely should have been a 2 and one team. Yeah. But then I'm like, I, I'm blowing up. He's like, this is my <laughs> shot, bro. I don't care yeah. that we lost. This is my – just yeah. ride this wave. And then, like, as you know, you could have reposted again the following week with our, our uh, Auburn game. Yeah, I, I did that. I made a second version, but, you know, <laughs> I all my followers are Arkansas fans, so obviously. So they don't care about Ole Miss. 
Yeah, it got some traction. Oh, like on Ole Miss pages, like pages, yeah. which was kind of funny. But my main, I in the game, sure, I, I was really upset, you know, about the call, and I was even more upset after how the SEC officiating, you know, explained their way out of it, and that just upsets me how how horrible it's been this season. But you know, I was kind of riding the wave of <laughs> going going internet famous. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get why official why the leagues and officials can't just come out and say they fucked up like people fuck up all the time what and the thing is they admit it they they were yeah if you look at them both statements for them the oldest game you look at the statement for the arkansas game and they're both of them are saying all right um we messed up but lane kiffin called us out so he owes us 25 grand <laughs> like it, it's like Basically, it's yeah. like yeah so um we we forgot how to officiate we made a horrible decision but but because we get called out on it, um, you owe us twenty five grand. Like what? <laughs> it makes no oh, sense, <laughs> bro. I hope I hope Lane Kiffin finds a way to pay them in in pennies. Oh, he would be the type man. of guy to do it. Oh, no, man. Lane Kiffin would pay him in dollar bills. Get it right. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. It'd be, be all easier. over that. Yeah, but Flounder, you got anything for him real quick? Not in the Arkansas game. I mean, so j- not nothing. Just on, on the, the season so far. We'll get yeah, in the game in a sec. So far, man. Sam Pittman's been really impressive, man. As a head yeah. coach, I love everything that the guy says. Uh, he he seems like a good fit. It seems from what I've seen from Arkansas fans that y'all like him, which is always good. You know, yeah. So might not reflect. I think Felipe Franks has actually played really good this season. I do too. You know, uh, all things considered, especially coming from the situation in Florida. I did not have high expectations for him this season, and, and he definitely surpassed it. I, I had a feeling that y'all would probably win one of the games against the, the Mississippi teams, just, you know, based on new head coaches, everything going into it. Mm. I didn't expect uh, to be both of them. I thought that Ole Miss would be a little bit better than they are this year. But, um, so yeah, that was really cool, man. I think, we, I think we're in store for a really good game this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said there. Like, like you said, the coaching search was really interesting because – um, Drinkwitz turned down the job, went to Mizzou. Leach turned down the job, went to Mississippi State, and Kiffin turned down the job, and went to Ole Miss, and then we beat two, and then we beat two of them already. Yeah. So it's interesting because you know we went through two. We, this is our first coaching search with our new athletic director, and um, you know it's interesting because we didn't we didn't get the guys we wanted and. And we didn't get a flashy hire. It was either this or the, um, the interim guy, Barry Looney, who's now is the offensive coordinator at UTSA. But anyway, it was either not, they're not looking too bad. No, they actually they actually look really good. They yeah. um they played a close game with Baylor, um, yep. beat Louisiana Tech a couple days ago. Uh, BYU, they hung with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, they um, before... they've been pretty impressive. But like you said, Frank's I think he's playing really good and. Um, yeah, we, you know, it's nice to see, nice to see the, them finally win. Cause I've been a fan since I've been a fan all my life, but like, I never closely followed the team to like 2017. Cause that's when I started like watching. Oh, like, that's a rough time yeah. to start, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how, cause you know, if you'd expect me Razorback fans, you'd say now, but yeah. 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 What, uh, can, so we were talking on Twitter back and forth when we were trying to set up this interview. Can you kind of. Let our listeners and my other two buddies over here kind of just like talk about the influence that Jerry has on the department, on the athletic department, yeah. and then as well, kind of 
your your take on why you think Arkansas brought it back to campus or or doesn't want to bring it back to campus next yeah. year, the A&M game. Now I, I typed a whole essay on Twitter. Yeah, I do. It was very <laughs> interesting. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So, obviously, um, Jerry Jones, graduate of Arkansas, and he also was a member of the 1964 National Championship team. And there's a lot of deep Razorback connections now. And, obviously, um, he owns he owns the at and Stadium where the Southwest Classic has been played since, I think, 2011. I'm not sure on that. It's somewhere around 2011, 2012. 2010. Yeah, 2010, and then... A&M has won since 2012 when they joined the SEC. Right. And basically, there's a pretty big connection to Jones at Arkansas. So one of the first things I want to talk about in this series is, um, obviously, the Chad Morris hire. Um, he was 14-22 and 22 at SMU. And you see that record, you're like, why would we hire this guy? Well, Jerry Jones had a lot of connections with him. Um, Jerry Jones' grandson was a, was a player at Highland Park in Texas. I'm sure you guys have heard of there. It's a pretty good school. And he was a starting quarterback. And then under him was Chandler Morse and Chandler Morse, who is now committed to, who's now not committed. He's playing at the university of Oklahoma. He um, is a son of Chad Morse. So they knew each other from Highland park. And basically there was a bidding war for Gus Malzahn. Now it doesn't look too good for Auburn on the side of that now, but putting that aside, Arkansas got outbid by Auburn. Auburn's offered him the same contract and said, we'll give you $2 million and you don't have to deal with the mess of the program. So he's like, sure, I'm going to stay here. So obviously, Chad was a weird hire. We didn't have an athletic director. We had a, um, an interim athletic director, and the people leading the, the coaching search, I mean, there was a coaching firm, you know, search, whatever. But, I mean, at the end of the day, your biggest donor, Jerry, I, in my opinion – and a lot of Arkansas fans, it was it was that he was going to go for it. So he couldn't get Leach to come here. We couldn't get Gus to. So we just said, all right, you, Jerry, you know Chad. There you go. So that's that's one of the connections of this whole Jerry team. Another one is he pays for some of the best athletic facilities in the nation. If you look at, um, you know, the facilities on campus, there's a $10 million student support center that has, he has his name on it. He built a statue slash fountain for the 1964 national championship team. And he obviously, you know, wants to see the team succeed because he was on the national championship team. And then he's just been putting money into the program. One of the biggest donors, his son, um, who I talked about earlier, is a, is a walk-on on the team now. And I, I kind of think of like us playing at AT&T Stadium in the Southwest Classic and giving up a home game to go play in Texas it's kind of like a return, like, hey, thanks for the money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the way that I see this. Because in long term, I think Arkansas wants to get out of um, the Texas A&M deal and the War Memorial Stadium deal. Obviously, those are those are two home games you're giving up each year. So I think the easiest way for Arkansas to do this is to just ride out the contract into 2024. And, I mean, just, just let it go from there. And I think that's what Hunter Yurichek wants to do. Because when I first saw that, um, that you know that the they're gonna keep it at a And M, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was a And M wanted the game back at um, Jerry World and wouldn't let us have a home game. And then it came out that it was Arkansas who said, "Yeah, we'll go back to Jerry World." Mm-hmm. So I, I found that interesting. But at the end of the day, 
I mean, money money was talking, and right. Jerry Jones, you know, he puts money into the program, paying back. Especially right now, man, money definitely talks. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I, that's anything. When I heard it, I assumed that it was Arch- he. Jerry called uh, Archie and said, "Hey, I want y'all to play here instead of in Fayetteville next year." And they said, "Okay, Jerry." <laughs> yeah, because they were due to have the home game. You know, that's the return for AM getting the home game this year. Yeah, because Hunter Yurchek was like, "Yeah, we expect the game to be back here." next year and um yeah i'm sure this happened like a couple months ago but now it finally like you know developed because of the, um, the facebook live with um texas the athletic director i forget his name is yeah. like ross something must be york yeah yeah him that facebook live say. yeah which well, i mean i'm fine with it for now because you sign a contract you write out the contract but i, I think this is the easiest way to get back to a home and home which I think both programs want. Yeah. And to, unless, you know, you get to a point where it's two top 25 teams year in and year out, then you could, the Dallas market could sell it out itself, but it's just not worth it right now. So in, now, in my opinion, but I went so. to the game last year and that place was socially distanced before the virus. It was like, <laughs> it was like 50 yeah. people in there. Yeah, was, people were sneaking in and out of the suites. I mean, it was like no, nobody gives a crap anymore. By people, you mean yeah. us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, us people. Okay. You, you people. But uh, so with that, I guess let's go ahead and dive on into it. You got two and two Arkansas coming to College Station this weekend. Uh, man, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the Arkansas defense has been an absolute turnover machine. I think I read a stat yeah. that if you include fourth down turnovers, they're somewhere around 18 or 19 in four games. Um, do you that. see? Do you see that keeping up this weekend? Is it? More I think it all factor of of mess ups. Is it being forced or kind of what's your opinion on what you've seen from the Arkansas defense so far? Yeah, so I think this defensive unit, like if you look if you look on paper, like the yards per game, we rank as like the average SEC defense this season. It's not that good, but you move into the efficiency, which is obviously ran by a turnover rate, and the defense looks good. And I think the reason this Arkansas defense is so good is because Barry Odom doesn't run like a core system. He run he adjusts each week, and he started prepping for games like Mississippi State, like back in January and February. That was on a two four seven article, I think, from Marcelo earlier this week. And I think that like you're talking about turnovers. I think we forced some against Ole Miss because we we took off twenty one nothing and you don't run the ball when you're down twenty one. Right. That makes no sense. And the rushing defense looked decent against Ole Miss. And I think when you move into a situation where you can't run and you throw, you're going to force turnovers. Like that, we had that walk on who got three interceptions. Um, right. And, well, former. Well, I guess he's yeah. not on it yet. It's, yeah, it's not, not yet. Yeah, but about, I think about to be former. I think they force it, but I think the reason they're forcing it is like an overall um, the effect from the defense, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so looking back at it now, it's kind of like F- the mistake game. I, I think you, the A&M game, I mean, last week at, or two weeks ago now, they gave up, what, negative two rushing yards? Yeah. So what, I, what I've started to realize this year is you're not going to want to base your how good or bad your defense. Well, let me rephrase that. You don't want to base how good your defense is it off of how you do against Miss State. Yeah. I think I think the book is out on them 
Um, oh yeah, I think I think it's been out since. Um, what's what's the team? Washington in the Pac-12. Yeah, they've been they've been whooping them every year. I think the Bucks right. went out since then. Yeah, and, and then Bo Pelini still couldn't figure it out week one, six hundred no. yards later. So Bo, Bo Pelini didn't want to figure it out. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't try. I I find it interesting how I I. I don't want to be like this type of guy, but every single time Arkansas plays like an a, an offense and we play good against him, that offense kind of doesn't play as well afterwards. Like I, I don't know if the code's out on that offense, but like Ole Miss didn't didn't play as good against Auburn. Auburn didn't play that good against South Carolina. Mississippi State has lost every single thing since they played us. Yeah, I think it's I don't know if the code's out or. If you you know if it's just losses, I wonder if I it's know. like you said, Barry Odom doing all that dang work, and then it's on film now, and so other people yeah. are able to figure out and see what was successful against it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Offensively, I mean, and also it's a little bit of the craziness of the of this year. You know, nobody right. everybody's been yeah, no camps. But you know, the South Carolina Auburn offenses; those two have struggled for 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 half their games, probably. Yeah, that's true. And, like, and I mean, we're only four games in, but still. Yeah, Mississippi State has, you know, struggled horribly against Kentucky. Oh yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State's just ninety percent of their problem relies on their offensive line. Oh yeah, uh, that is, that is a very very bad offensive line, and oh, it doesn't yeah, matter totally. who they put back at quarterback is going to get murdered. It's kind of like the Cowboys this past Sunday. Whoever the Cowboys were going to have at center yeah. didn't matter; they were going to get murdered. Dude, like, they are in for a rough season. I know we're not talking NFL, but my God. Yeah. If if you look at like basically what Arkansas did against Mississippi State is, I watched a little bit of um, you know, SEC StatCat is they like just chart all the stuff right on a website. I I looked at that. All they really did is rush three and drop eight, and we were able to pressure the quarterback with like three people, and including our one of our starters were injured. So like you said, an offensive line was horrible. And then we rushed him. They had to throw because Kylan Hill was injured. And right. I there's I don't know what's going on with him. I I heard he opted out, and I heard he didn't opt out. But regardless of that, um, you know, KJ Cassell had just had to throw the ball. And when he aired it out, he just, you know, said, well, I hope one of the guys is over there. And he <laughs> pick him off three times. The, the same thing that happened in the A&M-Mississippi uh, State game. Rush three, drop eight, getting pressure with three guys and – you're screwed if you can't if you can't protect the three guy rush. Yeah, they, they were also all you gotta do is against Miss State. I think it's it, the fact that all the fans have figured it out kind of tells you exactly how bad it is. You you rush eight, I mean yeah. sorry, you rush three, drop eight, <laughs> yeah. and every now and then you bring a fourth one and disguise it, and that O line will never be able to figure out what to do with that fourth guy. Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, if like you said, the fans are figuring it out. Yeah, me. exactly. What uh. What what are you thinking about y'all's offense right now? I so yeah. Um, if you look at the the Utah offense, I think Franks is playing really good ball. Um, if you if you look at a stat line compared to like you compare him to somebody like um Kellen Mond, they literally have like the same stat line completion percentage right there in the sixties, like difference of like one or two touchdowns, one or two interceptions, yards look the same. I think the difference though is Franks is having to throw a lot because the rushing game has been horrible for Arkansas. Arkansas is averaging 2.7 yards per carry, 101 yards per game. And with starter Rakeem Boyd, 
his longest rushing has been like eight. And last season, um, he had like 53 yard rushes. Every yeah, well, game. last season, eight. his smallest rush against AM was eight. So, yeah, and, and that I, tells I, you something. Yeah. Well, I think he, uh, he, he gets up a little hot for the AM game. Yeah, you know, that's probably true. I, I doubt there's any bad blood there, but at the same time, it's your it's all your buddies. You want to knock you want yeah. burn them. To yeah, the absolutely. And I think you know I'm still really high on Rakeem Boyd, man. I'm obviously it was a bummer whenever he decided to transfer, but dude, if he's gonna go anywhere, you know, I mean, I I thought that he would be able to carry on that kind of quote unquote tradition of like really good Arkansas rushers, but I mean, we'll yeah, see. I, 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 I think, think it's a little it's bit him. too early. I don't, I don't think it's yeah, him. Absolutely. absolutely, definitely still too early. And I mean, COVID and everything, like. Yeah. I wouldn't say that you can say anything definitively after this season, but you know, you know, unless you know yeah. your playmakers are guys like Waddle and you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, you look at the offense and what the teams have placed. Like, when we played Georgia week one, Boyd couldn't get anything going, but you're playing Georgia. You can't yeah. judge off of that. Week two, you get injured. Week three, you don't play, and then week four, you play, and you're not even hundred percent, and you split carries. Right. So I, I think it's not too early to say he's not going to be the running back one but right now i would say Traylon smith is playing better football but i definitely think that has to do with um you know his ankle injury i think the difference in this game is going to be it's it's going to be up front. So A&M has so far this year played surprisingly very well up front on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, and when A&M has played good, that the, the line of scrimmage has been handled by the Aggies and they've been able to force quarterbacks to make throws earlier than they want. So you look at Vanderbilt, you look at Mississippi State, you look at the very few times that A&M did get stops against Florida, it's, they were getting pressure on Kyle Trask and forcing him out of the pocket and making him – make forcing him in the tight windows that, you know, probably wouldn't have been as tight if they weren't getting so much pressure on him. That And that's kind of my key to the game. I don't know if y'all want to go around the table and tell us what you're thinking is going to be the deciding factor this weekend. But I'm right there with you, man. We were actually talking about it a little bit before we got started. I, I completely agree. This this one's gonna be one in the trenches. Yeah, I I agree. I you know I recorded my my preview episode probably like an hour ago, and like I I looked into it and it's it's gonna be one in the trenches. Obviously Isaiah Spiller is a great running back. Texas A and M gets the ball going in the offensive line plays good for them. They win. Same thing for the Razorbacks. Rakeem Boyd's a good running back, but he hasn't. The offensive line has not created any holes for him. And all running backs are almost running east to west got to run north to south but like you said i totally agree game is one in the trenches who's who's going to have a better um defensive line or offensive line is really going to be the deciding factor what you got james i think it comes down to the felipe franks verse i mean not verse but felipe franks kellen mon uh matchup is felipe franks has struggled to take care of the ball in his four games at Arkansas and his time at Florida before that. And if he doesn't take care of the ball and he lets this A&M defense turn him over, get off the field fast, um, I think that's going to be the difference in the game because then this Arkansas defense is very good and has, has great efficiency numbers. You start putting them on the field more and more, and you start pounding the ball with Spiller and you keep uh, Kellen Mond with the ball in his hand. 
then, you know, Arkansas could be in some trouble. But if Felipe Franks takes care of the ball, Rakeem Boyd gets going or or just anybody in the rushing game, before, uh, yes, Arkansas yes. gets going, um, that could be real dangerous for him. Just keeps their offense off the field and gets that defense tired that we've seen holes in this defense. They've looked good so far, but we've seen a lot of holes in this defense in the past. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, um, I forgot to say this, but I think that um, – what am I trying to think of? I forgot. <laughs> I'm that sounds familiar. That's right there. I was like, there's some key to the game I wrote down, and then my mind's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah, I, I think if you look back at the uh, the first time Kellen Mond and Felipe Franks played each other back in 2017, number one, I hope it's not that ugly of a football game <laughs> because that was an ugly-ass football game. Number two. Forms on down, man. It, in – I think it's going to be quite the opposite. So last time it was whoever made the la- least the last mistake because they were both making mistakes left and right, three and outs, interceptions, thrown in a double, triple coverage. And then Felipe Franks was the last one to make a, a mistake by not seeing the linebacker on a crossing route, mm-hmm. throwing it to Tyrell Dotson. He picks it off, ends the game. Yeah, um, and then an A&M yields it out. But back and forth, they both played terrible the entire game. I think Kellen won the game with like – either below or right at 50% completion percentage. He was a true freshman, but at the same time, I think this is going to be the opposite, kind of like James said, whoever takes care of the ball. Yeah. And if they're, if your defense is going to be on the field more, you're going to get worn down. And then, like we said, the other three of us said, then the O-line really comes into play up in the trenches because then you're going to start to get mauled. The running game takes off. So, yeah, um, I, but I, I, would... I think we kind of got it all on the head right there. I mean, it's – at this point, it's who's going to execute the keys to the game. We all know what it is. Everybody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but The keys to that game, I remember what I was thinking of. Um, I was going to say, Arkansas doesn't have a lot of defensive depth, and you we have to at least, to some parts, you know, possession has to have at least 25 minutes or more. Um, Arkansas low depth, not only because Chad Morse – really didn't develop any guys. If you look at our players versus A&M's, like, if you just put them picture to picture, A&M's are faster, they're stronger. It's, you know, it's not even close at all. But regardless of that, just the depth is really low. Arkansas and a starting corner who opted out of the season because he, he lost his job um, to the walk-on guy. Because our we had a – so the walk-on guy replaced the injured corner, and the injured corner is going to come back this week, Monteric Brown. And then we're like, you can't bench a dude who just picked off Matt, Matt Corral three times. So they move him over to the other corner spot, and the other dude just opted out and entered the NFL draft. So regardless of which one you think is better, that's depth that's not there anymore. Yeah, exactly. Regardless of that, that's another guy that you're not going to be able to put on special teams. And I'm not sure if you've seen Arkansas special teams this year, but it's atrocious. <laughs> We have taken back one kick return, one punt return. Our punts are averaging like 35 yards. We don't, most of it, I'd say we had two or three punts against Mississippi State that I counted 10 players on the field. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That, that could also, hopefully that's just a little bit of COVID and not having. No, a, yeah, totally. Yeah, ho- if hopefully. You, if you look at it in camp, um, you know, the, when you have all the guys returning to campus and they all come from, different areas around the country in Arkansas. They Some of them had COVID. Some of them had to quarantine. So, you know, you don't have all your personnel in the field. And 
it messes up and you have a bye week everyone's healthy everyone's covid free yeah so it's been easier yeah as long as they didn't go home and get yeah. it i think uh i was reading some updates on a&m's boards today and they said that the first two rounds have gone clear but the the wednesday and friday tests are the ones that are the most telling so yeah hopefully hopefully there's no issues we get to play this game do you i guess before we get out of here do you have a score prediction yeah i i, don't, I hate to be a homer but i got arkansas 27 24 i think it's arkansas i think like you said games can be won in the trenches i think having grant morgan at full strength for arkansas assuming that he doesn't have those big elbow brace on again and having bumper pull back, you know, assuming he plays as well, I think it's be really key. And I think those two guys in a combination of possibly getting Doreen Gerald back, Doreen Gerald, um, just having all those guys back, able to stop Spiller. I think if you stop Spiller, you force Mon to throw. And I think that's where this this Razorback team is the best, is against against the ball in the air. And you've seen it this season, leading the SEC in interceptions. I think they'll force turnovers because of that. But if Arkansas doesn't do those things, they lose. And I think it's going to be super close. And I think whoever's going to win is going to have to score high, like high 20s. So I take the Hawks 27-24, but it's anyone's game. I don't think this is like one where I would say if AM loses, I'm going to be shocked. If AM wins, I'm, I'm going to be shocked. I think it's going to be a really close matchup, but I'm just going to go with the Hogs based off of what I've heard. But I wouldn't be surprised – if AM wins, if they, you know, stop what I said are the key points of the game, which I guess kind of makes sense. Yeah. Also, uh, Bumper Pool is one of the greatest football names ever, like for a defensive player. Yeah. What a what an amazing name. James, you got one. You go for it. All right. Um, I'm gonna go twenty-four to fourteen, twenty-four ten, um, A and M. I just think I think Arkansas might have trouble moving the ball because Felipe Franks hasn't been throwing the ball downfield a whole lot, um, relying on some quick underneath passes. And A&M's been good against the run. I mean, good against the run all year. Um, and their their main weakness on defense is letting people get behind them, behind their corners and their safeties. Um, so if Felipe Franks can't do that, then they're going to struggle. And also Arkansas has had some issues stopping the run. <clears throat> And if they, like you said, Sam, if they don't stop Spiller, I don't, I don't see how they yeah, stop any. Totally. I don't see how they stop the offense. Um, like Tanks Bigsby, the, um, that Auburn freshman. You, if yeah. you watch any film from that, he just ate up our line. Oh yeah. So you know, I don't, I don't want to, like we said, open up old wounds, but it should have never came down to that because Auburn is so damn stupid. I don't know why they're not feeding Tank Bigsby. He's still, he's. So Seth Williams is obviously getting double coverage. Yeah. Um, I mean, I and, hate to and, say it, but I legit think it's Chad Morris. We saw the same thing here with Rakeem Boyd. Rakeem yeah. Boyd was doing the exact same thing at Arkansas, but guess guess who's running the offense? Chad Morris. I, yeah. I just think Chad Morris doesn't like to run the ball. Which is so hysterical because his counterpart is the opposite. But Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, and maybe you know you could obviously you could look at stats and skew your argument either way. So maybe it's the Homer and me that's choosing the ones that that favor A&M, but uh, I'm going to go A&M by two scores. That's about, about what Vegas is. And so the yeah. line is. Oh, what's yeah. the, what's the line? It, it, it started at 15 and it's dropped to 11 and a half, I think. 12. Yeah. It's 12 and a half right now. I saw it at 10 
On I saw it open at fifteen. I saw it down to ten, down to eleven on Sunday night, and now it's at twelve and a half. So I'm it's not been everywhere. I'm sure there's a lot of people. You saw. I mean, yeah. I saw that fifteen points. I'd have hammered Arkansas with fifteen points. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm. I'm really just kind of looking at what Jimbo's done since he's been here. Um, you know, th this team has seemed a little bit different, but at the same time, we haven't always looked the greatest coming off of a bye for whatever reason in the first half. We haven't looked good against Arkansas in a while. Um, and, and, and I'm a repetition guy. You, you tell me that this has happened five, six years, seven years in a row. The eighth year, I'm not going to just automatically think that A&M beats the tar out of Arkansas, even though, like, we were talking A&M's faster, bigger, stronger. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't convince me that these guys aren't going to get up and try to take AM down to the turf and whether AM fights back or not, we'll see. Um, I think hopefully there's enough film on Arkansas and we follow it. But at the same time, I just don't I don't see how this is a blowout. I'm not touching that 15 point line. Um, if you got it down to like a touchdown, I could think about it. But so I'm yeah. I'm also thinking that Arkansas. I don't remember the Ole Miss weather, but I want to say it wasn't great, right? Yeah, so I, I was at that game, and Arkansas is kind of a bowl. It was about, I'd say, 65 degrees, and it was pretty windy. The, the wind was wind was gusting, and I, I don't know if it really had a big effect because, you know, it's kind of in the, the bowl setting almost, you know, but it was it was strange. It wasn't, like, so bad that I think it affected anything, but I think, it you know, every once in a while you, you probably have a toss that yeah. you know, didn't go your way. So I, I'm just thinking that y'all are getting somewhere 27, 24, 24, 14. I'm thinking after watching that Ole Miss game, I don't think A&M turns it over in the red zone as much as Ole Miss does. So I, I'm going to take the egg somewhere around, give me 30, 38, 28. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring, 38, 28, 38, 31, somewhere right there. I think I think either team that wins is you know going to have to put up high 20s, high 30s, yeah. like – like I said, I I could have easily went A and M. It was not, you know, it was it was not an easy. Yeah, no pick so. at all. Flounder, you you're not in our snap group, obviously. So uh, he sent us a snap. His dog was throwing up. He had to step away for a second. <laughs> but uh, Flounder, we're we're doing game predictions. Go on record. Tell us what you got, and uh, just a little bit of reasoning behind it. Yeah, that was my bad. I I didn't want to interrupt anything, but the old white dog gets a hairball every now and then. Um, so. Score-wise, you know, I, I don't really want to make, like, a full prediction. I know, like, I'm going to make a prediction, but, like, I don't really feel comfortable making a prediction. I feel like kind of what I was hearing at the tail end of what y'all were saying, like, whoever wins is going to have to put up, like, high 20s, low 30s, like, at least, I, I think, to win this game. Um, that being said, I I don't know, man. I could see the Ags winning this 28-17. Um like I, I feel like Arkansas has the ability to put more points up in that. It just depends on what Felipe Frank shows up, um, and it depends on if they're able to run the ball. If they can run the ball, maybe they put up more points than that. But I don't know. Gut feeling right now is like 28, 21, 28, 17, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So, well, th there you have it. We're gonna go. We got three taking the Aggies not to cover, and basically, if we all had to go on record, we'd all take Arkansas to cover. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam, I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to give us closing remarks on the game or anything, what you think about um, it for. No, I think I've all said it, but if I have time, I, I want to ask a quick question Oh yeah, go at A&M. So uh, there's been a little bit of talk, probably not enough. Um, A&M's number eight in the country, obviously. And they're after 
I mean, even including this game, all their games are very winnable. You think if the Aggies go nine and one, they get in, or you think it just depends on the the conference championship game? Well, and if Alabama takes that loss, yeah. So it's obviously going to depend on the conference championship game. But if you're asking me whether I think the dominoes will fall that need to fall, I think there's a very good chance that A and M is the only one loss SEC team at the end of the year. And I think there's a good chance that the Big 12 champion has two losses. And then so you're probably looking at a seven a Pac-12 team that only played seven games. Yeah, that's true, actually. I didn't think about it that way. Um, right, but if it's an undefeated Pac-12 team. Right, if it's a, if it's an 8-0 Pac-12 yeah. team because you've got a conference championship game. If it's an 8-0 yeah. Pac-12 team, I think you obviously it's take their – The question is if you have a 7-1 Pac-12 team who didn't play anybody worth a damn – yeah, that's what yeah, happened. Just, this is a weird year because there's no conference. Like, so last year we had Oregon and Auburn, and that kind of was automatically like Oregon was at the top of their conference. Auburn was upper middle of the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Okay. I, I, I think it could happen. I'm more worried about a week to week basis. I, being I'm, an Aggie fan, you can't yeah. convince me that. I mean, you could tell me we, and I think we might be either favored or close to favored in every game or close to every damn game going through the rest of the season, you can't convince me that we're going to show up every dang week ready to play and, and beat the teams we're supposed to. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. If, if we make it through this weekend, you know, I mean, ask me again on Monday, but if we make it through this weekend with, and obviously like I'm very biased in this regard, but if we make it through this weekend with a semi-impressive win, I feel like the sky is the limit, but if it's a challenge, you know, I mean, you never know in the SEC either, man. Like, I mean, obviously you could say that with almost any conference right now with Corona, but but I'm kind of with y'all. I, I I feel like it could happen. Those dominoes could fall, but I'm not willing to uh, I'm not willing to look that far ahead just yet. Yeah, <laughs> I think it depends because you know Alabama has a really they have really easy easy schedule going forward. They're a good team, right? right. So say they went out, they go ten and zero. A and M's nine and one, and then Georgia. Um, Georgia, obviously, say they beat Florida, right? They're nine and one. So you take nine and one versus Alabama into the SEC championship game, and assuming that, um, say Georgia wins that game, who do you put in? Alabama or A and M? You probably oh, put in you Alabama. T- you're taking Alabama. Yeah. yeah. So I, Alabama see, beats I don't, I don't Georgia. Know if I agree with that because so Alabama would have just lost to a team that's go- getting in. They had their chance at like a playing game. A and M hasn't lost since the second game of the year. That's a long time ago. If you take the team, even though we lost to Bama, but it was on the road, week two of the season, Bama yeah. just lost a virtual play-in game. They had their chance. They got they eliminated. That's like a lead eight round. You got eliminated. You're out. That's how I look at it. I think that's how it should be looked at. I think but I a think little the, bit of name brand. Yeah, I, I think the college football playoff will go, all right, tech, who do we let in? Texas A&M or Alabama? Um, which team has been good forever? Alabama. <laughs> Which team won this year? Alabama. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I agree with you, James. I think that A&M should get in because you get eliminated, you get out. But, I mean, you look at the history of the college football playoff when they let in Bama a couple of years ago, and they're just going to be like, okay, Bama, you know, <laughs> welcome in. I, I'm just curious, though. Right. If we – if Arkansas, obviously, is probably going to go to a bowl game. Um, if, we, if we get a bowl game, is anybody a Texas fan in here? No. Oh, no. Okay, good, good. I, I was just, I just checking, because I, I would love for Arkansas to, um, to play, to go, go play Texas and beat them. I would love that, man. Oh, we enjoyed the hell out of it when y'all beat the shit out of them. 
how long ago was that? 2015. Oh, yeah, when that was a, that was a great night. Great night. That was, that was actually one of the first few Razorback games I think I like watched as a little kid. Yeah, awesome, it's, uh, that, was, that one was fun. Yeah, I I didn't think anyone was Longhorn fans. Yeah, but, so we have Longhorn followers on oh, social yeah. media and stuff, but the majority of the podcast is A and M based, so that's kind of yeah. why J Boy throws us in with the with the A and M because we are an A and M pod. We try to be a neutral sports uh, <laughs> site. The yeah. site the site itself we try to be neutral as much as possible, but when it comes to the podcast, we hate everybody. Go at Giga Mags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, I would like I'd like to I'd like to see Arkansas. I think I think a Texas, you know, Texas Bowls, it's a good it's a good game. It's better than the Liberty Bowl. Talking about Texas Bowl. Oh, the Liberty Bowl. You know, Shreveport's a fun town, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But the That's, Liberty Bowl itself is just kind of the <laughs> game always seems boring. Yeah. It's not always boring like the game itself, but like the when you're watching it on TV, you're like, man. I'm glad I'm not at that game. <laughs> yeah, they, they they always they always put it at like um a good time too. You know what I mean? Like oh, they always I, put it I'm sorry. Liberty Bowl's game. Memphis. Yeah, Liberty Bowl's. Oh, um, oh Memphis. yeah. What's 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 the one in Shreveport called that I can't think Independence of right Bowl. now? Independence. Independence Bowl. That's right. That's where Lawtech. Yeah. And then there's another bowl, Birmingham. Yeah. The, oh, I, feel, I I've been I feel to Birmingham. Like, it's it's average. I, I think Texas at Texas Bowl is, is respectable for Arkansas. And yeah. I think playing either Texas or Oklahoma, because I don't know you guys, but like long I Longhorn fans can just sometimes get annoyed. Like they lost to like a bunch of bad teams and they're like, Oh, sometimes is an we, understatement. We, we have a chance of beating Oklahoma State. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> have, have you not watched Chubby Hoover play? They're like, Oh, whoa, 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 we the um, Oklahoma, Sam Ongra played good or T, you know, the TCU is a fluke game, they're like this, this team's good, and then they're like, "Okay, we can beat Oklahoma State." Have you seen Chuba Hobert? <laughs> He's gonna yeah. run all over you guys. <laughs> Jordy had or uh, Jordy had him ranked pretty high in his uh, top fifty returning players, I think. Yeah, I think he was um, right behind Jamar Chase. I am so high on Chuba Hubbard. I, I cannot wait to see him at the next level. It's fun to watch him at OK State. But yeah. the one thing y'all aren't giving enough credit for is that Oklahoma State defense is surprising. Well, no, it's actually not surprising. They've got some yeah. dirty-ass dudes in the secondary. <laughs> um, Found out about that but their defense, defense is balling this year. Yeah, they have a really good defense. I think it's enjoyable um, to watch Texas, Texas lose because Arkansas-Texas go back to Southwestern – conference right. days you know that this is where the ex- a&m rivalry really goes back you you really you know i'm not going to talk about it because i'm obviously not you know living in the days like texas fans would but arkansas <laughs> used to beat a&m all the time yeah like arkansas it, it was bad we used to beat a&m every year but right. the last nine years eight years have proved differently yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie man it's been a pretty fun run i know it's gonna come to a and end at some point, but um, I'm riding this wave. Until you can't, yeah. It, <laughs> at some point, it's going to come to an end. But. Well, you got anything else for us, man? Um, no, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a close game, and I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing what team each team can do. It's obviously been close for the Razorbacks as well as the Aggies the last few years. Yeah. Um, well, Best of luck to you. Hope you're a little depressed, but encourage <laughs> close game come this Saturday night. Um, but 
regardless of what happens later tonight, there's all one thing we can agree on. I, I, if I had a camera, I'd do it. Uh, horns down. We all agree on that. Yes, sir. But uh, hey, Sam, thank thank you a lot for hopping on. And sorry about yesterday and the whole forget. Oh no worries. Everything, but uh, yeah, man, you're a good. Like, uh, yeah. So, anyways, y'all y'all go give them a follow. It's really good to kind of go follow all these guys that we have on from different pods around the different teams. You get a feel for all the different fan bases going on and kind of what. Oh yeah. Especially the week that you play them going forward in any kind of sport. Number one, you're going to start to make a couple of friends like we have. And you can get into some friendly banner back and forth during the week that y'all play each other. Number two, you can kind of get a feel for everything. You just learn a little bit more about people. It's never, it never hurts to get more opinions in your own. Don't be a snowflake and just sit there in your own pod the whole time, cheering with nothing but yeah, the Aggies yeah. and hating everybody else. But I got, I got to bounce, Dorothy. Give my love. Okay. To see y'all this weekend. Yep. Yeah, I got to. Y'all see you on Twitter, man. Yes, sir. All right, see y'all on Twitter. All right, see you. All right, later. Yes. about is what we're doing wrong this school's too damn conservative i guess they want us to be like all the hippies down in austin wearing orange and sipping tea he's a fighting texas aggie and he just don't give a damn that he's got 12 parking tickets and he's on school broken but the bonfire's built in bars, his horns have been sawed right off his head. He's a fighting Texas Aggie, and he will be till he's dead. No, I want my bacon. I gotta tell you something. Bacon is good for me. So that's all we got for y'all today. Thank you to Sam from over at AltHogSports.com. Thank you for coming on and talking about the Razorbacks and the matchup with the Aggies this weekend. Real quick before we go, I want to give another shout-out to Law Terrain Watches. Go check them out, law-terrain.com. Use the discount code DASH, D-A-S-H. Get 10% off of their really nice watches. And with that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, and gig them.